Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to Help from Future Self, the conversational KeyForge podcast by and for KeyForge friends. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm joined this week by Blake. How you doing, Blake? Hey, Sydney. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty great. So today we have a lot going on. So we do. We have some news. We have some um, challenges being thrown. But what do you have today to tell us about? Yeah, I just want to start off the episode by talking about a fun KeyForge event I hosted at Magic Stronghold, one of our local spots here in Vancouver. And uh, I got the idea since they have, uh, they're the store that has all the product that you guys have been buying. So I knew they had a stock full of pretty much every set. And I was like, you know, we should do, let's play some triad, but why don't we play triad in a sealed format? But the deck pool is five decks, one deck from each set. And then in between rounds, you can choose your triad to be whatever you want it to be, basically. So it's like you have a five-deck pool, and every round you can choose any combination of those five decks to make your trio. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it made some really interesting interactions, and uh, some good decks were opened. Uh, I think everyone had a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we had an odd number, which really sucks in a best-of-three format, because one person is out for like an hour, more than an hour. (laughs) And the the cool thing was, uh, my friend came to the tournament. I may have mentioned him a few times, and he literally has never come to a Keyforge tournament before. He, Him and I just play every Friday. like We play some sealed and stuff like that every Friday because I have an abundance of my own decks to open. And uh, he took down the whole tournament, never having played Triad before, never having played a Keyforge tournament with other people before, other than playing against me. And he didn't lose a game in Triad. That was the wild thing. Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, his Dark Tidings deck took it down too, which is, for those of you writing off Dark Tidings, pay attention. It's either (laughs) beginner's luck or a future Vault Tour winner over there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so that was it was really fun. But um, for those of you who have the opportunity to try this type of format, uh, bringing all the combinations of the sets and you can't have more than one set available in a triad, I think is actually a really interesting way to try that format, as well as not just having three decks in sealed, having an opportunity to have options and seeing what you liked and didn't like in between. Like after first round, I ended up switching out one deck for another. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I do recommend this as a format, and it is uh, a really great way to experience Keyforge in a cross-set sort of battle. That's so cool. So, Sydney, you got some news, too. Oh, yes. Apparently, some of you listeners may have heard about this, but apparently the Nordic Keyforge podcast declared war on us, although the on-air... The on-air vote to do so lost two to one, but they they said that if it wasn't if they hadn't cut out that portion, then then the the declaration of war is on. So we we have been the gauntlet has been thrown. Bring it. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we we have to we have to give them props on an amazing episode on archetypes, but we we did it first. You heard it here first. That, that is the war, is apparently they were planning to do an Archetypes episode, and then we just dropped the episode first. And, uh, I mean, I feel like we can mitigate this problem, Sydney, you know? So, so basically, all you Nordic players in our Discord, you're going to get booted, because we just see that you're rating our Topics for Future <laughs> Episodes channel and just using it for yourself. I mean, not cool. Not cool, okay? So you're, you're all getting the boot. 
I have the power <laughs> and you're getting kicked out. That's what's happening. So if you're wondering why you can no longer see the Hell from Future Self channel, all you Nordic players, that is why you can uh, blame your local podcast. I guess regional <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the, the stakes have gone up. Yeah, so you declared war, and uh, here's the first shot on your bow. Uh, hope you enjoy. <laughs> we kid, well, of course. We kid. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> if, if you haven't yet, uh, go listen to our episode and then follow that up with their fantastic episode on archetypes. And you'll see ours is better, obviously, but I mean, oh, you might totally. as well do it for posterity's sake, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anything else with uh, with that topic, Sydney? No. So with that being said, we're going to get into this week's episode, which you may see the title of this episode called Borrowed, which feels very relevant with that last conversation about topics being borrowed between podcasts, but that is not (laughs) what it's about. Uh, We decided to call this one Borrowed because we are talking about this really cool format that is going to be taking place in the ABR League after this week. So you're listening to this on Monday. The following week, we start this final round of the ABR League, which is an artifact-based format where you basically get to choose an artifact that the game starts on the board, and then this artifact cannot be removed. It perpetually stays in play, and there's some parameters around it. Like, it has to be symmetrical, I believe, and um, there's some that are banned. And so there's a there's a few rules behind it. But the point is, is this creates a really interesting interaction in the game of Keyforge, which I have personally seen before using the card Borrowed, where you suddenly now get an artifact that should not exist in the set or the houses that you are utilizing. And it is now on the field and you're getting to do things you would never, ever be able to do because of that. And so there was a decision to make this an actual format. The borrowed format, I'm calling it. It doesn't actually have that title, but <laughs> I'm coining it now. That's what it's called. Sydney, what are your thoughts on this? The theory behind this is just so cool because it checks so many awesome boxes. Like the fact that like we we can't change the 36 cards in our deck. So this actually lets us be able to like tweak something ever so slightly, even though it's it's not touching the 36 cards. But also the, like you mentioned, the house manipulation, the, the house cheating, the set cheating, being able to bring something in that would never otherwise combo is super exciting. But also there, there's just so many ways to like complement decks. Like one of the one of the best strategies there is 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 to bring in an artifact that will let you complement what's already going on in your deck. So I think mm-hmm. that I think that their restrictions is a good idea because there there are obviously ways to to break this, but the the yeah. the concept behind this is just super exciting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. There is obviously some interesting things. I, I wonder how popular Speed Sigil is going to be. Because I feel I, like you bring a Worlds Collide deck with Speed Sigil is kind of a, an interesting an interesting thing. I was thinking the same thing, but just simply along the lines of artifacts that benefit both sides, like Howling Pit or Speed Sigil versus artifacts that hurt, hurt both sides. So like yeah. if there's anything that like hurts you when you reap or makes it so that the first time you do something, mm. something bad happens, like what decks will pick a, or what players even that might just be a a personal uh player type that picks artifacts that benefit both sides versus hurt both sides 
Mm, that's a good point. I never, I never thought of it from that point. Like you choose something that's going to hinder your opponent, and then you try and find a deck that will not have to play into whatever that that is. And then you don't even know what your opponent's going to bring either, which is the interesting thing because you're going to basically have two artifacts that are doing the same thing. Like, can you imagine if you and your opponent each bring a grunt buggy and you're playing that <laughs> style of deck? How disgusting that will be! Oh my gosh, that would last forever. <laughs> yeah, the time limit will be a thing in that round for sure. Because I think it's best, is it best of three or best of one? I think it's best um, of one. I think one. it's, uh, I don't know off the top of my head. But something else that I was thinking about is like, how do you play this game versus how the artifacts get to start the game in play? And then some artifacts leave play, some artifacts don't leave play. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that picking an artifact that leaves play should should hinder your ability to pick it. But does that artifact then actually leave play or do you it get never that does. effect? Yeah. So if, if you get that effect over and over and over again, that that is an incredible boon to artifacts that wouldn't otherwise experience that in real gameplay. But I don't think you can have the artifacts. It has to be something that your opponent, it utilizes your opponent as well. Gotcha. So like that it, makes sense. It has to be, yeah. So it can't be something you just activate. It has to be like you can't have a lash, I believe, because only you can activate the lash. Oh, cool. Gotcha. I may be wrong, though. I mean, I feel like I, I don't have enough information on this, and I feel like we're going to get yelled at afterwards. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that is a thing. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting because of the fact that you're going to get to now, like, completely look at your collection and decks in a way that you've you've never really uh, been able to do before and that's what I'm most excited about so we'll have to see how that kind of uh, how that kind of works at the end of it I also really like the fact that this is part of a league. So the other restrictions on the overall league kind of factor in as well. People mm-hmm. n- knowing the the formats of all of the games that were going to be played in these seven weeks, but then getting this one all the way at the end. If you didn't plan to have a deck at the end, then then th- those decks are already used. So you you can't pick it for this format. So I actually I I specifically saved a deck for this format because I've always wanted it to be able to play with other um with us well a certain concept I think would benefit it entirely. And obviously if I if I give it away then um whoever my opponent is would have a fantastic uh benefit over me. But I do think that being able to play a lot of decks before this week in the league but then coming to this week and having to pick between decks that you haven't already played is is a really cool aspect of this too. Yeah, that is uh, that is very true, very true indeed. And I mean, and there's obviously people who right off the top were like, "How can I break the game?" Because for some reason, <laughs> that is that is an archetype of player that exists. Is like as soon as you have this moment where something can be done that can't normally be done, it's like, "How can I abuse this to a point of breaking?" And I don't know if we should talk about this, uh, but should we talk about this, Sydney? Should if we it's just something leave it? that can't be picked, if it's something that is restricted from it, the, it can be picked. It oh, can well, exist. then no, I don't want to play. Oh, well, go ahead. If I, if if you and I end up having to play against this strategy, I know I won't have to. I've I've already mitigated. There's been mitigation between my team and the other, so this is is not a thing. But uh, I don't know if we want to put it out there. But it's a uh, it's a. Uh, I feel like we should just leave this unsaid because now the suspense has just been. We've talked about it for so long. Now let's just not say anything. And just make people wonder and get inundated with messages. I think let's do that. I like that idea more. Let's so there is let's a, there say is something it on that the next episode. Let's say it on the next no, episode. No, because the next episode is the week that it starts. We're, we're ahead of the game here. 
Oh, right. Okay. So no, no, uh, you're so not going to so hear know. it. You're, yeah. You're not going to find out. Just sorry. It just is what it is. We talked about this. We spent two minutes just rambling about something <laughs> you will never know about. So it sucks to be you guys. We know you don't. There it is. Um, but now yeah, you I, have to find different artifacts to break this situation. Yeah. Maybe you guys can tell us. Maybe you guys can figure it out and then tell us what we're talking about. Because maybe we don't even know what we're talking about. Maybe this was rehearsed the whole time and you guys just fell into our trap. <laughs> Who knows, right? We we roll fast and loose on Hell from Future Self, especially when Alex isn't here. When dad's away, the kids will play, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I always like to get to experience Keyforge in a new, unique way. And I think artifacts have become that in Keyforge. Uh, especially over the past few sets, we've I think we've seen a lot juicier artifacts come into play that really make life more interesting and make you be able to have this thing that exists on the board. It's not just played once. You have the utility of it either through a static effect or the utility it provides as something you can activate when you're in that house. And it's just was it felt like artifacts were few and far between that really got you excited before we had. I feel like, was it Worlds Collide? Do you think it really started to ramp up? Or would you say maybe in Mass Mutations was when we kind of hit that that peak force where it was just like, whoa. I think they really started to get personality in Worlds Collide because I think with um, Saurians, they, they, like the Saurian artifacts, I just think went so well with the Saurian house. And Star yeah. Alliance also actually had the exact same thing. Their, their artifacts were just absolutely incredible. So I think their personality really started to come out. The artifacts personality really started to come out in Worlds Collide. But the mass mutation obviously just built on that and just gave them even better artifacts. And then I think every time a new house comes out, because Unfathomable's artifacts are absolutely disgusting. So in general, I yeah. think that's, that's when they started to get less generic. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's like they there wasn't like a a preconceived identity that was kind of stopping something. It's like they could be like, okay, we're designing this. Let's design the artifacts with it sort of vibe. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I I think you said that like perfectly. And I, lo- I, I can realize that artifacts are my favorite part of the game. Like I, I realize all my favorite decks, it's generally because of an artifact that makes it my favorite deck or favorite reason to play that deck. I really like combos and I think artifacts are the best way to make combos happen because if they're on the board, it's, it's much, it's like the best way of saving something like you, Mm, some, mm -hmm. they can have artifact control, but just like you save something in your archives, somebody can have uh, archive control and, and having something start the game on the board. That's like, that's like a first player, like, like wish like I I, when I play a deck with a really good artifact combo or just a really good artifact in general I want to start the game if I especially if I'm first player with that artifact coming out so I feel like Mm -hmm. the the actual format itself of starting the game with the artifact out is just a really really good way to like give the game personality no totally I agree and I don't know if we mentioned this but the artifacts like can't be destroyed in this format like if you destroy it it literally just regenerates itself is is what the ruling was so I wonder how many people are going to be like you know what I'm going to bring like a five hawk deck so I can just ember burst by destroying it because it's going to always be an artifact <laughs> they can constantly destroy I wonder That's who's so going to do that strategy right yeah I didn't even think about that the actual strategy behind there being an artifact that can't be destroyed and so, so or can't be removed your... permanently that I Correct. guess because like, you yeah. can technically target it but it doesn't go away 
Yeah, but all of the decks with like really good artifact control, like they won't necessarily be a fantastic counter to whatever your opponent's bringing if this artifact can't leave. But also, if you think about it, your deck may simply also include the artifact that you choose to keep in play. So you you can have doubles of things oh, that allow you to do things interesting. Twice. That's very interesting. Can you imagine two like howling that. pits? That would be crazy. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. That'd be really cool. Unfortunately, it does have that your opponent gets it. I hate that. Why does the opponent yeah. have to take advantage of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to really sit down this game. week. Oh, for sure. Really fast. But that, whose deck will benefit more? I mean, if you have a Howling Pit strategy, maybe you win. Who knows? Ooh, I can see. I'm already getting some ideas percolating with that one. Um, I, I don't know which deck I'm going to choose. I have a few like things that I'm leaning towards, and I think it's going to be really cool. But I kind of need to pin down. Like I almost want to don't go obvious and trying to find something more like niche that people won't be expecting. And then there's always, I guess, like, are you going to go artifact first, Sydney, or were you go? Did you go? I want to play this deck, and then I think this would be cool with an artifact. Or are you kind of just like, which way are you approaching this? So I think it. Um, it really like factored into my opinion that I was going to play some of my better decks in other formats during ABR. So I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. them. Like there are some decks I own that like, if they have a specific artifact, like they would just, or even for, for one of them, a a second of a specific artifact, it would just be, they'd be ridiculously crazy good. But I feel like because I was playing, um, in that case, that deck uh, happened in my triad. I knew that I was getting to the end with a a lower selection of decks and there's one deck I have, and uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it has, it has a slight weakness. And I think in this case the I was going to go with a specific artifact I actually picked the deck and then I picked the artifact but I I really wanted to think it through so I I kept going down the list because the artifact itself is really really good and then I found another artifact that simply just reduces the weakness of the deck and so I was going to go for for an artifact that enhanced the the capabilities of the deck but instead I basically removed its weakness and so because the artifact can oh. never leave play it's it's going to be a really really fun game to play knowing that I don't have that weakness I'm I'm oddly going to be playing this game in such a different way because I don't have to protect myself against the weakness of the deck. So it's it's going to be actually a lot less stressful, a lot more fun to sit down and play. Even if I lose the game, like I won't have to constantly be worrying that this that these these um, bad factors will affect me. Mm, right. Yeah, that's. Uh... That's a. I really like that. I mean, I feel like I need to up my game now after hearing you go through it that way. Because I was, <laughs> I was thinking about it like approaching it like, oh, this would be a cool concept. Now find a deck that fits this, and I had a couple in mind already. But mm-hmm. I, I like that idea of like, okay, this deck has a weakness. Can I mitigate it with an artifact? Like do something like I really like playing this deck, but it always fails to this. But now this will counter that. I think that's such an interesting way of uh, approaching it and i th- i think it's so cool like i'm i'm now even thinking of like what could you go up against like, uh, what is your defense strategy in a way sure yeah i also yeah. i i guess it matters a little bit that the um the team limit for any individual artifact is two and so um this the artifact that i picked really isn't a, a very comp well it's it wouldn't be a very super desirable one because it does it its main focus is really to mitigate a uh, a weakness and so most people on my team are going for the the really complementary offensive ones so it right. was 
almost a no-brainer to take this to take one copy of this off the list of things that people could pick. Yeah, no, yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I love how you and I, this whole like episode for good portions, where we have these nuanced conversations about something that we're not actually telling what we're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> making everyone just figure out what's going on. I love it. Um, so with that being said, um, if you have a chance of trying to do this, maybe even just do it with a friend, uh, you can, I believe, make this happen on TCO. I'm not quite sure how to do it, but uh, I will find out, I guess, next week when I get the logistics ironed out for my team. But uh, I think it's going to be really fun, and I'm really excited to experience one of my Keyforge decks in a way I have never before. I think it's going to be totally awesome. It's going to be super fun. I'm really excited. We, we should definitely talk about our games after they happen so that everybody can go, oh, to all the things. Yeah, I guess we should. I guess we should. <laughs> so we cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the prophetic segment. Help from Future Self. Blake, you have one today. I do indeed. So... As I mentioned at the start of the show, I played in a five-deck triad tournament where you could swap decks, and I had um, some really interesting situations occur when I was playing. Um, one is it's been a while since I've been under the gun with time playing Keyforge, which was in and itself a really wild experience, like trying to do time management when you're making decisions. So when you get down to like game three and the time is low and you know it's going to go to time, trying sometimes to take a turn where, okay, I'm going to take this turn because I can get through it faster and maybe get another turn. Because you know it's like hot potato when you get get to time, Sydney. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? Oh, totally. It's a really weird part of Keyforge, I think, um, because of the fact that it creates people to act in a way that is like very not natural, I feel like, to any game I've ever played before. Like, have you ever had that experience? I think so. I think that that that's something. It, it's so rare, though, that it's 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 something that doesn't really like. It doesn't happen enough for me to think about it on a regular basis. Fair. Okay. Yeah. It, it, you are right. It is rare, but it's it's super weird. But, um. Anyways, when I went through this process of playing this game, I had this experience where you're playing like uh, this is like a triad thing too. Triad sealed. I feel like this is the the craziest part is luckily I had one deck that really stood out and I kind of had a feeling it would and it got banned every single game but oh, I no. was living in this fear no it was fine it was good because as we go later in the turn I have this fear that I'm suddenly now gonna have to play a deck deep in the mm-hmm. tournament that I've never seen before where the other ones I'm starting to figure out how they play what's cool about them what I'm loving and oh my goodness it it really scared me um getting near the latter parts of the tournament. I didn't do so great in the tournament, but it was just that realization that uh, I think this is a serve. It goes in survival as well. Like if you're playing one deck, you get really proficient of it. But if you start going deep and someone else got one of their decks knocked mid or earlier, now they've had a few turns with this other deck, you suddenly may just take back-to-back losses because you have no idea how this other deck plays because you don't have the experience. Because, I mean, it's, it's really well known that when you're playing the ability the first time you play a deck like in any sealed is very different from when you get to latter stages of the tournament and you're playing that same deck you kind of have a little more you feel comfortable you know what you're looking for all those little things you see the interactions a little bit more clearly so i got this fear that this was going to happen 
And in our triad tournament, we allowed deck swapping in between games. So if like nice. you lost your first game, you weren't stuck in to have to play that. You could try one of your other decks. And so for my first game, I lost my very first round. And I instantly swapped decks right away because I wanted to know how my other deck played. So I had information going into the next round. So if I still lost with that deck, at least I'd have information on it. Was it the right choice? And then I could maybe make a swap if I felt that was more necessary. Maybe I should lead with this other deck to start with. So I had that strategy of like, no matter what in round one, I'm changing in decks in between. So either I'm going to win and play my other deck or I'm going to lose and play my other deck. And uh, I thought that was a, a pretty good way to approach it just as a little... Help from future self, guys. Uh, if you're going into a tournament and you have the ability to swap decks you've never seen before, sometimes it's maybe better to play a deck just to give yourself that information. That is so true. So you can find us on Twitter at HFFS Podcast, and you can find me on TCO and Discord as SC Steel. Blake, where can people find you and what do you have going on? You can find me on Twitter at Boulevard Blake. That's B-L-V-D Blake. And we also have lots of really fun discussions going on in our Discord regularly. Uh, Shout out to uh, Ketzer and Bigfoot. They're always, and also Tyson, actually. Tyson has been really active in our Discord as well. And they've been having some fantastic conversations. If you want to join those, they're really interesting and they get really in-depth, which is a lot of fun to uh, observe as a fly on the wall. So uh, there's always a link in our show notes to join our discord and uh, aside from that i'm taking a break from making content aside from this podcast just to enjoy the holiday season and uh, i'm glad i'm doing it i'm going to feel refreshed and recharge and come out in 2022 with uh, some new ideas and some new content for y'all fantastic so we will be back next week with another episode of help from future self and until then stay forged.